0: Welcome to This One Thing with Carrie Kenyon Dern. One verse, one truth, one choice. Hello and welcome once again to This One Thing. I'm Carrie Kenyon Dern. Thank you for joining us this week. We are going to be jumping into the book of Isaiah again. This week we're gonna be in Isaiah 26. And as always, we're gonna be pulling out truth and a choice from our verse of the week. Last week we were in Isaiah 25 verse 9, so this week we're just one more chapter into the book of Isaiah, specifically Isaiah 26 verse 3. My dear friend Crystal Wright is back again this week. Hello Crystal, thank you for being here.
1: Hi there, good to see you.
0: Great to see you. So Crystal, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to read this verse and I'm going to go ahead and quickly lob it over to you. Let's get some truth and a choice from this verse out there so we can all really operate in this amazing promise this week. Isaiah 26 verse 3 says this, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Now that's a promise. And that is a promise that we all need. I know I need and you need. We all need so desperately. It's a proclamation that God is making to his people through the prophet Isaiah. So Crystal, I'm just going to go ahead and throw it over to you right now. Talk to me about the truth that has really come up for you. And the spirit has been ruminating through you this week as you've reflected on this passage.
1: Yeah. So our verse is actually a part of a song. Uh, That's how this chapter starts off. It says this is a song that's going to be sung in that day. Mm -hmm. And that phrase in that day should remind us of our passage last week because we talked about how Isaiah is really doing three things. He's calling people to remember what God has done in the past. He's reminding them of God's work in the present, but he's also pointing us always to the future of the messianic promises of in that day, the Lord is going to have ultimate victory in this world. And so this is really the context just continues into chapter 26. And so our verse is part of a song that's talking about the kingdom of God and the protection of God. And as I was studying it, I think I was most interested in finding the correlation between the things that are described in this verse. And there's sort of three main characteristics, I guess, that are talked about in this verse. There's the perfect peace, there's trust, and there's this idea of a steadfast or a mind that's been fixed on something. And Mm -hmm. so I just sort of looked into what's the connection between trust and a steadfast mind and peace. Mm. And so as I was looking at that, it really... It sort of shows us the domino effect in our lives that starts off with the foundation of trust. What is it that we are most deeply putting our trust and our faith in? And then the second piece to that being, what is it that our minds are fixed upon? Hmm. And the Hebrew language for that idea of a mind that's fixed or thoughts that are fixed on something is this idea of thoughts that are settled, that are established. Talks about um, that word means sustained. It's being propped Mm -hmm. up. So it's this Mm -hmm. idea of Mm -hmm. these aren't just random passing thoughts that are happening in our minds. These are intentional, repetitive uh, thoughts that are coming with the choice behind them. It's Mm -hmm. being sustained. It's being propped up. Mm -hmm. And then the piece is really the end result that we get when our trust is in the right place our thoughts are fixed upon what sustains then the automatic result is this peace so that's the truth i spent most of my time focused on and you came to mind as i was doing this because i think you were probably the first person in my life that really uh challenged me to look at how do we discern truth from lies mm. in our lives how do we know that our trust is based in really who God says he is and that our thoughts are what we're believing is actually what is true. And I know that that's been the passion God has given you with lies, fear, and shame. Mm -hmm. And so I was able to take this passage and literally look at, okay, what's the opposite of trust? Mm. Well, it's unbelief. (laughs) What's the opposite of a a steadfast mind? It's confusion. Mm -hmm. And what's the opposite of perfect peace? It's death. Mm. Because we know that actually perfect peace comes through Christ's reconciliation. It says that he reconciled us, gave us peace with God through his blood. Mm. And so the absence of his perfect peace means we're separated from relationship with him. And so all of that just helped me to really, I think, dig a little bit deeper Mm -hmm. into this passage and and understand it a little bit more fully.
0: Mm -hmm. And it is such a worthy exercise to take the time in a verse like this to really unpack it like you have and of course you know i'm a big fan of the fact that you had to dive into the hebrew just a little bit to get that full and that rich meaning because this is a promise our natural response to a promise in god's word should be how can that be fulfilled in my life in other words self-reflection am i always operating in perfect peace I don't know anyone that would say, yes, I'm always (laughs) operating in perfect peace. Like maybe I have a moment of peace and then I turn the news on. Right. And then I no longer have any peace. Our peace in this world, because we are human, it does seem to be situational, circumstantial. It kind of comes and goes like a wave based on what's happening, if I have a good day or a bad day. I mean, I I could bring you up as an example, you know, I hope this isn't sharing too much information, but you've had shingles this past week, like, that doesn't seem like a peaceful circumstance. So for you, Crystal, reading this, I, I'm supposed to have perfect peace, like, absolute peace in the middle of having shingles in the middle of being ill, or in the middle of financial situation some people might be having or losing a job. So this is a constant, never changing promise that we are supposed to grapple with and to say, if that's not happening in my life, why isn't it? And that's why it's helpful that you broke it down the way that you did. I want to jump on top of what you've already said and, and unpack it a little bit more as well I think it's really interesting. The first line of this verse says you will keep in perfect peace, and if you look that up in the Hebrew, it's a repetitive phrase there. It's actually saying you will keep in shalom shalom or you will keep in peace peace. And so, this picture of this is this is a real peace. This is a lasting peace. It's a divine peace because there is no mock in the world there is no replica of peace it's not something that you can fake there there is no you know alternative to the real peace of Jesus Christ i think there are a lot of things we can fake as humans we can pretend to love somebody that's why god god's word says don't pretend to love people really love people we can pretend to be nice when there's some darkness in our heart there are a lot of things that we can pretend or even convince ourselves are true but peace is not one of those things mm-hmm. we either have peace peace or we have no peace at all and i just love that that is how it's worded here in isaiah 26 3 we either have perfect peace or we have no peace and man crystal that's that's convicting that's challenging to me there's no gray on this specific topic. I think sometime it's nice to have some gray area. You know, we're trained as therapists to not help people go into the black and white thinking, <laughs> you know, but but there is such a thing in the spirit realm when we're dealing with God's word where there's no gray. This is a this is a black and white issue, this concept of peace. Either today I have peace, absolute, complete peace, regardless of my circumstances. And some of our listeners might out be out there, you know thinking of their week or what they're going through. And maybe their children are in rebellion or someone they love very much has been in a terrible car accident. I was in a counseling session today and I'm, I'm looking right across the street, this house right outside my window, an ambulance and a fire truck pull up and somebody inside that house had something very bad happen today they're literally pulling them out on a stretcher and i'm in the middle of a counseling appointment trying not to be distracted and so what this verse is saying is that for a son or a daughter of the most high god even in the middle of whatever tragedy that family was facing perfect peace is available to them so we can think of the worst possible scenario and yet we are promised peace in that because peace is a person peace has a name. Peace name is Jesus. And he is saying, if your thoughts are all in on me, if you are completely focused on me, day and night, if I am who you're thinking of, if you are pressing into me, you will have peace. And you referred to the lies, fear and shame exercise. And I think what's so interesting about the beginning of that exercise that the Lord has, has me go through. And then I teach it all the time to clients. And when I speak the first thing we have to realize about how the enemy comes against our peace is he doesn't come up and lie to us. He first tries to distract us. That's the first attempt of the enemy to steal our peace is to take our eyes off of Jesus. And so it's interesting here, isn't it? Our thoughts being fixed on Jesus means our eyes also have to be on Jesus, because if our eyes and our thoughts are on Jesus, we will have peace. He is our peace, regardless of our circumstances. So that is the truth that I pulled out. And I love how you already impact a little bit what it means to have your, your thoughts fixed on him. But I think it's also worthy to talk about that word trust in this verse. It means to put your full confidence, belief, or hope in him. And so another area of conviction for me in this verse is if I have confidence in Carrie, if I have confidence in anyone or anything other than Jesus, I don't really trust him. Ouch, ouch, ouch. That's convicting to me. Just like I either have peace or I don't have peace. I don't don't like that being a black and white issue, but it is. I also don't like how the word of God is convicting me here saying, if I don't fully rely on Jesus, if I don't fully put my confidence, my hope, my trust, my belief in him, if there's another source of confidence in my life, maybe it's my education. Maybe it's my experience. You know, it would be Humanly speaking, easy for me to go into a counseling session going, Yeah, I've been doing this for 25 years. I got this. Instead, he's trained me before every session to pray. I need you to get me out of the way, God, because you are the wonderful counselor. I am dependent on you. My confidence in this session is in you. And He needs to train all of us to that end that if we are finding confidence in another person, in ourselves, in our education, in our financial status. In our reputation, if we find confidence in anything other than him, we really don't trust him. And if we don't trust him, our thoughts and our minds will not be fixed on him. And if our thoughts and our minds are not fixed on him, we will not have peace. So there's a whole lot that's convicting about this verse, but let's go ahead and let's talk about a choice that we can make, Crystal, based on Isaiah 26, verse 3.
1: I want it to be as practical as I could, Mm -hmm Um, because this helps me, but I think it can help people that are listening too, is I think there's kind of a series of reflections that we can do that help us get to the root of maybe the issue that's going on where that's resulting in a lack of peace. And I think that once we've identified an area of our life where we're not experiencing the perfect peace that we know God has for us, I think we really have to do some honest reflection around what is it that I'm thinking. And you've already alluded to this, but, and you and I both know being in the counseling field and this, you know, spiritually caretaking for people, it is so easy to deceive ourselves about what it is we truly are thinking and it's really easy to deceive others and so i ask women the question like you know what are you thinking and it's not a trick question it's not a you know aha what are you thinking like you're upset at somebody it's literally like can you put into words your own thoughts and To get really honest with yourself, you have to give yourself an unfiltered answer. You can't give the answer that you think is the right answer or that other people want to hear. You have to be really honest about, you know, what I was thinking is, I don't like that and that's a really dumb thing. You know, whatever the most honest thing is, you have to be willing to be honest about what your thoughts are because your thoughts lead you to the next level of reflection, which is, Mm -hmm. what is it that my thoughts actually say? about what I believe about God. And that's where we get to the crux of that faith question, that trust question. And oftentimes when we see what our thoughts really are, we realize, oh, I'm thinking that maybe God isn't as loving as I thought he was or that I say that he is. Maybe God loves everybody else but me. But we don't get to the heart of the issue that's going on that's disrupting our peace if we can't get really honest about the thought process that we're actually having. So that would be, I just hope, is a practical thing people can do is identify where they lack peace. Get honest about your your true thoughts, your raw, unedited unedited thoughts about what you're thinking and then what that's saying about God, because that's where you can allow, allow him and invite his Holy Spirit to come in and replace what's actually true about him into your heart and into mm-hmm. your mind, mm-hmm. which I know is what you, you know, the exercise with lies, fear, and shame is really rooted in those exact concepts. So that would be, you know, another tool for people to use.
0: Mm-hmm well i will give a little bit of information on how to access that freedom exercise in just a minute here but i really love how clearly you express that choice because at the end of the day if we say we have faith if we say that we believe in jesus and he's our savior that is going to have an expression It can't just be words. It has to actually be lived out in our lives. And I think that it's so important to recognize that if we actually have a faith, we will completely trust him. That, that is the expression of our faith. God, I trust you. I trust that you are who you say you are and you can handle the life that you've called me to live. You didn't put me in a circumstance that you can't handle. You didn't put me in a relationship or allow my life to go in such a way that you're not going to hold my hand through this, that, that it's too much for you, or you forgot about me, or you're going to fail me. You didn't, you didn't allow something to happen in my life or keep something from happening in my life that I think should have happened. And then you're just going to drop the ball and say, well, good luck with that. If I really, really trust you, then I'm going to say your will is absolutely perfect regardless of what you allow and regardless of what you keep out of my life i'm thinking of somebody who's single that doesn't want to be single right like god why aren't you bringing me what will make me happy what i think will make me happy or god why did you allow that terrible thing to happen to me or a loved one and that is where our faith gets tested is in circumstances mm-hmm. but to know do i have a faith It's a rhetorical question but it has an answer if i want to know if i really have a faith and i really believe god i look at my life and i say do i completely trust god with my circumstances what he's allowed into my life and what he hasn't allowed into my life because his will and how i respond to it is that crossroads of what i really believe and how much i really trust him this peace, peace, this shalom, shalom that were promised in Isaiah 26.3 is permanent. It doesn't change. It, it doesn't come and go with my circumstances, whether or not I have a good day, whether I feel good, whether I have any money, whether or not I have, I have a job or whether or not people like me or they're talking bad behind my back. It's this consistent peace that is so much more solid than any circumstance that could come against it so along with the choice that you put out there i'll just give a little bit of information because i believe with you crystal this is a good thing to talk about but it's a better thing to apply if i want peace in my life i have to live like that peace is only found in the person of jesus christ and it does start by honest self-reflection through the power of the holy spirit saying I don't have peace. And so I am believing lies, and those lies produce a false identity, which is shame, which is condemnation. And that shame and condemnation catapult me into spiritual paralysis, which is fear. And so if I know I'm in fear, which is lack of trust and lack of peace, if I know I'm in fear, I know it's because I am Operating in a false belief system. I'm operating in shame, and that shame has been produced by the lies that I believe. So, if I identify and reject the lies, the shame, and the fear in my life, I replace them with the truth of God's word. When I replace them with the truth of God's word, my mind can be renewed. Mm-hmm. And I can operate in the peace that Jesus Christ died for me to operate in. I mean, this is a big deal to Jesus. Jesus did not sacrifice his life. Mm -hmm. The father did not send his son for us to live as fearful slaves. Jesus died and the father sent his son so that we could live in the victory of peace. Peace is our victory. Peace is what sets us apart from the world. And so this exercise, this freedom exercise that we do as a part of Unfettered Ministries is first settling yourself and being quiet before the Holy Spirit saying, I need you to reveal to me any lie, shame, or fear in my life. Writing those things down, rejecting them, following Jesus's example from Matthew 4, when the enemy spoke, he said, no, he rejected what the enemy said. Rejecting those things and replacing them with what is true, finding verses to replace the truth after it's written down and then getting real accountability somebody in your life like we are to each other that you can just tell the truth to that you don't have to be pretend or fake or have it all together that you can say here i have a big spiritual boil on the side of my body and i need jesus to surgically remove it and heal it because i am not okay today so letting jesus in and letting believers in letting others come in and to really love us so if you have identified listener that you are not operating in peace that this promise of perfect peace is not one that you are enjoying i invite you with crystal to go to our website it's just fetterfree.org f-e-t-t-e-r-f-r-e-e.org and you're going to see one of the tabs at the top is book a counseling appointment And underneath that, there's a pull down tab and it's there under book a counseling appointment because that's an exercise that all clients need to do before they meet with me. And you're gonna see a tab that says freedom exercise and you'll find all the information, how to apply Jesus's example from Matthew four, do this freedom exercise. It's there, it's a free resource for everybody to use, and it is a really practical tool, like Crystal said, for all of us to identify the lies, the shame, and the fear in our life, so that we can reject those things and operate in this perfect peace that is promised to us in Isaiah 26.3. Crystal, thank you so much for so eloquently sharing truth and a choice with us today. Would you close us in prayer that we would truly apply this passage to our lives in the coming week?
1: Father, thank you for your peace, peace, your perfect peace, the peace that comes only from you and is not something we can create on our own. Lord, thank you that you give us this peace and then you also protect it in our lives. You're standing guard that our peace would not be stolen. Lord, I ask that as we reflect on this passage and that as people are listening to your words of promise, Lord, that you would be through your Holy Spirit surfacing any lies or any false beliefs that are in opposition to your message of reconciliation and your message of peace. I pray, Lord, that those that are feeling prompted in their spirit would follow up with this exercise, that they would be willing and they would be courageous to come before you with no masks on, come before you humble and open, to allowing your word to transform their lives. Thank you, Lord, that there's nothing that we can do. There's nothing on this earth. There's no spiritual force that has the power to come between us and you because of Jesus. And Lord, we love you so much. Amen.
0: Thank you for joining us for This One Thing with Carrie Kenyon Dern. Find all our episodes by clicking the podcast link located on our website at fetterfree.org.